There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, now we start this uh, interview. And we started with uh, something we call Fakta Ruta in Sweden. Okay. That means that uh, you should uh, give short answers okay. and then we, we start the, the big interview afterwards. So the first uh, thing is, uh, what's your name? My name is Inge, Inge Höbricht. And uh, where are you from? I'm from Belgium. And uh, what is your title? That's a long one though. I'm a Global Senior Vice President for Responsible Business and Safety and Security at Radisson Hotel Group. Oh, we have to get back to that. Your family, uh, tell me a little bit about your family. Well, uh, I'm married and my husband Stefan and I, we live in Antwerp and we spend a lot of time outdoors. Uh, And your latest uh, trip that wasn't a business trip? Well, we just spent our holiday um, both in uh, Vancouver and BC in Canada, British Columbia and in Hawaii. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, do you have a favorite hotel that is not a Radisson hotel? Uh, of course, I follow all the green hotels very closely. There's actually a boutique hotel in Switzerland that has won the prize two years ago at the World uh, Hospitality Awards. It's run by a family, a Greek family, and it's a fantastically uh, beautiful hotel. Do you have a favorite cruising company? I never go on cruises, sorry. Uh, favorite airplane? Air, air, um, airline? Air, airline, sorry. Well, airlines for me, um, yeah, I don't distinguish them a lot, but uh, Emirates, I would say, for the service. Uh, many people say the Emirates. Yeah. Uh, I know, so they are good. Uh, where do you like, do you have a favorite destination in the world where you used to go? Well, a favorite destination where I've been, I loved it, was Easter Island. It's very, very special. It's very wild. You have the statues, totally impressive, so beautiful place. So we should go there. And uh, the last question is always, is there something that we would like to know about you that uh, you haven't told anybody? Well, uh, yeah, there's a couple of things. But what, I, um, what is very special to me is that I took a very long sailing trip uh, from 2003 to 2007, sailing from Belgium to Australia. Took me to beautiful places and it started the thinking of getting a career in responsible business. So that was very, very special. Well, start. You are an expert on water or saving the, the the planet's water. Am I right? Well, I'm sure there are people who are more experts than uh, than I am. We are at World Water Week, but uh, water is an essential topic. I mean, we need to bring water to the forefront of what we do in sustainability, together with fighting climate change, because um, by 2030. 
the demand for water will outstrip supply by 40%. So people don't realize it that even in mature markets, there is a real water issue. And water can be quantity, it can be quality. So there is a high water risk in a lot of locations. And we need to deal with that. Why is it that? Is that because the population is growing and they want to have more showers? Or, or what's, what, why can't we sort of, why do I, why it, the water has to increase so much? Yeah, there are, of course, a number of drivers. Uh, population increase is one, but also the fact that more and more people are getting better lifestyles, and that is a good thing. We need to give people more access to save water. Um, tourism is one of the drivers, increased economic activity, uh, our diets. Uh, don't forget that um, growing, for instance, a cow to uh, have meat on the table is much more water intense than having a vegetarian diet. So all these things together, just like with climate change, they increase pressure on our natural resources. And uh, what can we do about it? Well, there's a couple of things we can do. Um, uh, I can talk for what we do as a hotel company. Of course, what we need to do first and foremost is be more efficient in our use. And in Radisson Hotel Group, we have started to be working on that uh, 10 years ago, and we have achieved uh, 30% efficiency. So we decreased our average use by 30% in the last 10 years, and we continue to do that. And how did you do this decrease? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that you need to do. Uh, one of the, the main thing, of course, is how you run a hotel technically. So it's back of the house in all your technical installations. A key thing we did everywhere was to get low flow showers and low flow taps. Uh, I say low flow, but they still give the same comfort, but they are much more efficient in water use. What you can also do is everything to do with your cooling and your heating. There's a lot of water being used there. Then you can work on your kitchens to have the efficient appliances there. So you need to work on all these more technical things. And then you need to work on guest awareness and employee awareness because um, up to 5% of your savings can also come from you know, doing your cleaning efficiently, making sure that guests reuse their towels, the classic, but all these things together can really lead to great efficiencies. And do you think this will be enough or how do we continue? Because uh, do you think there will be ransom, uh, we say in Swedish, in water, that's what you have like a, a pot of water, for example, you have 100 liters every ah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that more like a ration or yes. a, a maximum limit of use. Well, we should certainly think about water that way, whether, you know, we have seen now in Cape Town, I, people have probably followed that, that in the end of 2017 and the beginning of 2018, there was really, it was on the horizon that what they called day zero, which meant that city would run out of water, which is, of course, a catastrophe because nobody can live without water. So they started to ration, as you say, the water use for uh, businesses and for people so that was really a very serious situation and hopefully um, through various actions now the day zero has been uh, put off and, and delayed in, in Cape Town and hopefully will never arrive but uh, we should think about water in that way and what we are working on we are part of the UNCO water mandate and that is a cross-industry platform of companies who work on water and want to lead on water and the thinking is that when you look at water, water is local. So it's always what is in the ground and what is available in the river, the river basin. 
And in that river basin, what we want to achieve with the mandate is what they call an equitable or a fair use of this water between the, the agriculture and uh, private people and other industries like tourism or beverage industry, etc. So we need to start thinking about water of this is what is available, this is what is sustainable, what the watershed can replenish, and how much can each of us then use as part of that. And that is what is called context-based targets. So that is what we are now working on and thinking about. We're not there yet, but actually in the thinking of water, that's how everybody should think about water. But uh, I'm a little bit naive, but uh, outside Cape Town, there are like uh, big oceans. Why can't we use the ocean water? Well, you know that of the every all the water, it's our blue planet. You know, our planet is covered in water, but that is salt water. So of the available water, only 2% globally can be used as drinking water. And in a lot of places where there is no water, like in Dubai, for instance, or the United Arab Emirates, um, uh, governments desalinate, so take the salt out of the water and make it drinkable. But that process uses a lot of energy. So we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because if you would desalinate the oceans, that's not a good idea because you use a lot of energy to do so. So the best way forward is still reduce your consumption, then we can reuse a lot of water. Like in our hotels, we have in many hotels, gray water reuse installations, which means we take the, sh the water from your shower, we take the water from the kitchen sinks and we treat it and then we reuse it for irrigation, car washing, other users. So that is also the next step, reduce, reuse. And then we are also looking into replenish and replenish is uh, the system whereby everything that you cannot reduce, you as a company take responsibility to give that back in another way to the watershed through uh, social projects or natural restoration. We're not there yet, but that's something we are also thinking about. Uh, in Sweden, we have this feeling that it rains a lot and this will not affect us. Perhaps people in Dubai and the Emirates and mm. far away where it's very hot, but still... Uh, am I wrong or what do you say? I think you need to rethink that statement. I mean, you've had the serious forest fires uh, this year in Sweden, which was, of course, due to climate change. But then climate change makes makes has an impact on the water availability. So there is a clear link between water availability and climate change in a place. I'm from Belgium, as we said in the beginning. And one of the things people don't realize is that also in Belgium, we are living in uh, a destination with water risk. And it has to do with availability, with pressure on the systems, and it has to do also with, uh, with quality. So both of these things are very important. So even in a mature market in the developed world, we see the effects of climate change and we need to be careful about the water risks that we are facing. For instance, another thing that is happening in a lot, a lot, a lot of countries and also in businesses is that we need to do intelligent leak detection. It is said that globally 30%, 30% of the water is leaking away. So in the utility systems, etc., etc. So there's a lot we can do to be much smarter about water. Uh, you have a conference here in Stockholm at the moment. What are you doing on, in the conference? 
Well, it's the World Water Week, which is going on. And uh, in, in the edge of that, the UNCO water mandate, of which we are a signatory, is having its stakeholder and member meetings. So the main thing that we are doing, I mean, I'm always here to listen and learn. That is the first thing. We always want to hear what others are doing so we can pick up where we can be even better. But the other thing that we are doing is that together with other hotel companies, we are launching the Destination Water Risk Index, which is a clear indication specifically for the hotel industry of where we have the destinations with the highest water risk. So each one of us can take action uh, towards mitigating those risks. And which places are on the list? Yeah, so we have done, as part of this uh, research, there has been, uh, we have done an analysis of 68 destinations and 12 of them come out with high or extremely high, so very high or extremely high water risks. Um, those destinations are all in Asia Pacific and just one is outside of Asia Pacific of the 12 which have the highest risk, that's Dubai. But the ones that sadly top the list are Bali and Mumbai. So the drivers that come into this analysis is first of all, the water risk of the location in general, which is analyzed by the World Resources Institute. Then it's a combination of risk of um, water cost increase, so the financial risk associated. Thirdly, it is uh, looking at the average consumption in tourism in hotels in that destination. So where is it high? And fourth element is how is tourism and hotels, the hotel industry going to grow? So where do we have a big concentration? And all these elements together then give the score of the risk. continue I think a very important point is that this risk indication now can be used for us as hotel companies and it's issued by a platform that is a collaborative platform of the hotel the big hotel companies coming together so it's about collaboration it's about trying out new things in these locations together how can we be smart about this in the hotel industry, but also beyond the hotel industry. And then we still need to continue to look for innovations. For instance, in our company, in Radisson Hotel Group, we are testing innovations continuously. Um, we are testing innovations in cleaning. We are testing uh, products that allow us to clean with one third less water, which is amazing. If we can make that happen, that's already a good solution. And we're also looking at very innovative showers that are much more efficient, but still give the luxury even much better than what we do today with the, the low flow showers. So we need to continue to innovate and collaborate. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.